Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Listen as Pastor Michael speaks on everything God. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, real quick, um, I was literally sitting here during worship and we had this thing for Easter called Invite Fight. Anybody remember that? Invite Fight. Five of you remember it, so I don't feel so bad that I forgot. Um, but we never gave our trophy away for Invite Fight. So real quick, before I get into today's sermon, um, we had... In the four weeks of Invite Fight, we had 105 first-time guests come. 105 first-time guests. That's amazing. The person who brought the most was the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. We made them a team. So when people come and they say, no one invited me, we say that must have been the Trinity team. So they won. They always win. But close behind them, which is our winner, because we can't compete with God. So, but our winner is the Bradbury Shands and Ronick team. Bradbury Shands, come on up here. Bradbury Shands and Ronick team won invite fight this year. All right. About 200, oh, I should have got a picture of me giving that to him, shouldn't I? Okay. Um, and about 200 points below them, which is great, was the Atkinson, Prim, and Randolph. Atkinson, Prim, and Randolph team. And third place was the Oxley, Phillips, and Hamlin team. Oxley, Phillips, and Hamlin team. All right, so that is our invite fight winners. I thought you would want to know that. So that's great. Thank you, everyone. Next year, we're gonna, it's going to be brand new. We'll figure out some way to do it different than we did it this year. It's going to be good. Um, uh, we think it's a great thing. 105 people coming here for the first time ever during those four weeks is a pretty awesome thing to have happen. And so out of those 105 people, I know so many of them were touched. Some of you are still here that came, and you're still coming which is awesome. And uh, so we've gained new family members through Invite Fight, which is great. Um, you know, we've been waiting for this day for a long time. Um, and we met uh, Paul many years ago. He's got married to Chloe. He has two children. And finally, you heard it this morning, his voice is changing. His voice is changing. He's finally hit that mark in his life. And it's something to be celebrated. His voice is changing. And uh, you all heard it. You all witnessed it. We're proud of you. We're proud of you for that. And uh, is Philip in here? Philip, I don't remember when it was for Philip, but I think he was a late voice changer. And um, I always used to go up to him and say, Hiya, pals. Because he sounded like uh, Mickey Mouse or whatever. And, uh, but that's great. I don't know. I hope Paul receives it like I did. I remember being on staff and I just took it as a term of endearment when the pastor would um, just make fun of me from the stage. Hope you're okay, whoever that was. Bless you. And uh, so I hope he receives it as a term of endearment. <laughs> so... Awesome, awesome, awesome. Can't wait to jump in today. Thank you for being here. We do have a lot of folks a little under the weather today. Lots of things happening. I don't know what it is. This pink eye is still going around. In my entire life, I have never heard of that. Pink eye is like an epidemic. And so I don't understand what is happening with the pink eye. And... Uh, but it's been through our house and lots of folks dealing with it this morning, respiratory issues, 
um, with all of this stuff happening and going, going around. So continue to just pray for complete healing. Lord, we just thank you for complete and total healing. We thank you for pink eye shriveling up and being gone in Jesus' name. We thank you for all of, I, I just thank you that you've given us dominion over everything. So I just pray that allergies would subside. That, that sounds ridiculous. People are like, you can't pray that. I just did. I pray that allergies would just subside. We live in East Tennessee. We need an extra dose of your grace that gives us dominion over allergies and it would not result in respiratory issues. And I just pray that lungs be clear, lungs be open in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. I, uh, I got a few jokes for you today. And uh, I'm still going to stay away from jokes that have anything to do with certain demographics, genders, hair color, all of that stuff that got me in trouble. It made me squirm like a worm, like a fish up here. But apparently that's appropriate for me because last night we had an amazing trip to Italy for married life and they all made it back. And no one has any excuse for not being here. We came from Italy all the way here overnight and uh, thank you, Jeremy and Jennifer Bean. They lead Married Life. So we had a Married Life life group last night. It was great. Thank you for everybody that came. But um, we played a little game. Who in the group is most likely to? And they had these list of things. And we sent these papers around and everybody answered. And apparently, out of the room, I am the most likely to be awkward on stage. I'm like, this is a major, like occupational hazard. This is a problem that I am able to be the most awkward on stage. But none of those people are here because I told them if they wrote my name down, find a new church. <laughs> so none of those people are here this morning, so it's okay. And, uh, but, so I, I am awkward up here, especially when I tell jokes. And, and one of the gentlemen last night who shall remain nameless and I can't even see his face now because he's sitting behind John. Oh, uh, 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 right over there. Uh, but I told him, you know, he, he reminded me of one of my worst jokes and said that what, that didn't go over too well, did it? That was awkward. And I said, yes, sir, thank you for reminding me of that. And uh, he said, I noticed you've been telling jokes that have to do with pastors and whatever. And I said, yes. And he said, I said, I have a really good blonde joke that I would love to tell, but I just can't, you know. And he said, you can tell that one because they won't get it anyways. <laughs> that wasn't me. That was an unknown man sitting behind John. I, it wasn't me that said that. So uh, he's the most likely to be awkward sitting on the second from the last row in here this morning. <clears throat> A stranger came up after service one Sunday and approached the pastor and said, I'd like you to pray for my healing. The pastor placed his hands on the man's ear, got some anointing oil, poured it on his head, and prayed passionately and earnestly for his ears. After he prayed, he said, okay, how's your hearing? He's snapping in his ears. And the guy looked back and he said, well, it's not until tomorrow at 9 a.m., My hearing, I have a hearing tomorrow. Please pray for it. <laughs> One day, okay, here's another. One day in heaven, Moses and Jesus, oh my goodness, I don't know who wrote this one. Probably one of my children. No. One day in heaven, Moses and Jesus was playing a round of golf. Were playing a round of golf. When an old man asked if he could join them, they said, sure. Moses, Jesus, old man asked. Moses hit first, and he hit a duck hook that went immediately towards the water. When the ball got close to the waters, he raised up his, uh, what's that thing called? 
club, the waters parted and the ball rolled across dry ground up onto the green. Pretty awesome. Jesus was next to hit and he also hit his ball towards the water. But instead of the water parting, the ball just rolled across the top of the water because he can walk on water, right? And it rolled about six feet from the green. The old man asked himself, how am I ever going to top those two guys? He took a swing and he severely sliced the ball to the right, hit a tree and bounced along the shore next to the water. Before the ball came to a stop, a squirrel picked up the ball and started running away. When an eagle swooped down to pick up the squirrel, making him drop the ball onto the green, which proceeded into the hole for a hole in one. Jesus come over to the old man, looked at him for a moment and said, good shot, dad. Last one. I thought this one was especially appropriate this morning after the vote last night. After a long and boring sermon, awkward sermon, the parishioners filed out of the church saying nothing to the preacher. Towards the end of the line was a thoughtful person who always commented on the sermons. Pastor, today your sermon reminded me of the peace and love of God. The pastor was thrilled. No one has ever said anything like that about my preaching before. Tell me why. They said, well, it reminded me of the peace of God because it passed all understanding <laughs> and the love of God because it endured forever. Yeah, I didn't like that one as well as the other two. <laughs> that must have passed your understanding. <laughs> oh, good times. And no blondes were injured in these jokes. That's the best part about it. All right, I've been having fun these last few weeks. I don't know, it just kind of happened. It wasn't planned, but it just kind of happened. These The students here are doing a word count of special words that I say. And so two weeks ago, it was life. And just so happens, I mean, I said life almost 200 times. Last week, it was about all. I said all over 200 times, 201. And I don't know, it just had so much fun. So as I'm appearing this week, I'm like, why don't we do it again? So today, we've got a little word we want to talk about. And as I'm reading scripture at some point, this is a few years ago, and uh, if you've been here since 2017, I preached something similar to this in 2017, so you can be dismissed. Now, not the same, but similar. It's never the same. I can't even preach the same in second service as first service. Don't worry. I'm definitely not preaching the same five years later. It's not even the same notes, but I, as I'm preparing it, I'm like, I preached something like this one time. But as I'm reading scripture one day, I start hearing this melody in my head. And I, I really am torn to even say this because I don't want to promote this melody because I looked up the lyrics and it's not good. But I was, I, the thug life had me, you know, at one point. And uh, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg wrote a song back in 1992. And it, it is, ain't nothing but a G thing baby, right? And that little melody, nothing but a G thing baby, you know what I'm saying, you know that little melody? So I'm reading about some things in scripture. Are we starting now? I'm reading about some things in scripture and that melody came to my head. That ain't nothing but a G thing baby, right? And so I was like, come on, that fired me up. All these things aren't nothing but a G thing, baby, right? So everybody look in Romans chapter 8, if you will. Romans chapter 8. I read part of this passage last week because it was all 
Uh, and let's look at verse 28. And we know that God causes all, remember that, things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. If we go down to verse 31, what shall we say to these things? What shall we say to these things? All the things that work together for our good and his glory, what do we say to these things? You know, I, I, there, there was a lady, a dear friend of ours, and she would always say all the things, all the things. You'd say, how you doing? She's like, you know, all the things. How are your kids? You know, all the things. And it just, it was such an endearing term that she would use, all the things. You know, I'm just doing all the things. But what shall we say to these things that work together for our good and his glory? If God is for us, who is against us? What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him over for us all, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, y'all just say no, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? Just as it is written, for your sake, we are being put to death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Verse 37, but in all these things, all these things that work together for us, what do we say to these things? All the things. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. And that G is not... A ghetto G, that G is a God thing. All of these things are a God thing in my life because he makes all things work together for me, for my good. It ain't nothing but a G thing. It ain't nothing but a God thing. It ain't nothing but a good thing. That's all the things. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer. There we go again with those words. It could just say we conquer. But we don't just conquer, we overwhelmingly conquer. I thought on the first song today, that's it, man, they already got it. They've already preached my sermon, how's it start, first song? I was gonna put the words up, but that might take Christ is my firm foundation, the rock on which I stand. When everything around is shaken, I've never been more glad that I put my I built my life on Jesus, right? All these things. For I am, can, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing. That's everything, isn't it? Not past, not present, not future, not nothing that's been created will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Nothing, 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 nothing. You know, 2 Corinthians 6, chapter, 2 Corinthians 6, chapter, verse 2, I said it twice. Behold, now is a favorable time, favorable time. Behold, now is a day of salvation. Give no reason for taking offense in anything so that the ministry will not be discredited, but in everything commending ourselves as servants of God in much endurance, in afflictions, 
in hardships, in difficulties, in beatings, in imprisonments, in mob attacks, in labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, in patience, in kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness, for the right hand and the left, by glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarding, regarded as deceivers and yet true. Anybody regarded as a deceiver yet true? As unknown yet well-known. Anybody unknown yet well-known? As dying yet behold, we are alive. As punished yet not yet not put to death, as sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich. I love that, as poor yet making many rich, as having no thing yet possessing all things. So in all these things, it may appear that we have no thing, but we have all things. And we don't want anything to make us offended because we have everything. First John 2 says, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. The world is passing away and also its lust, but the one who does the will of the Father lives forever. See, we get sideways when we start loving the things in the world. Because you can't lose when you love the things that can't be taken away from you. You can't be separated from those things. But when we start loving the things that we are not supposed to have affection for, we set ourselves up for disappointment. Because all those things are passing away. I read it to you last week from Matthew chapter six. It talks about, don't worry about what you're gonna eat, what you're gonna wear, because even heathens and, and orphans seek all these things. Don't love the world. Don't set your affections on the things of the world. Don't set your joy. Don't set your peace. Don't set your fulfillment on the things of the world. For your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. I'm gonna paraphrase real quick Philippians 2. It says, do no thing from selfish or empty conceit. Another translation says ambition, selfless, selfishness or empty ambition. But with humility, mind, with humility of mind, regard one another as important. And then on down in verse six, it says, Jesus, although he was equal with God, did not think equality with God was a thing to be grasped, to be clung to. If Jesus had clung to that, he would not have left heaven and came to earth. So do nothing out of selfish ambition, but have the same mind that's in Christ that doesn't cling to the things that we have set our affections on that we, we have to let go of in humility. No thing. Second Peter chapter one. I read this to you last week as well. I got to read it again a little bit more extended today. Grace and peace, verse two. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of our Lord, of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises that by these we, ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world 
through lust. Remember, all that's passing away. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness. He's working all the things for our good. And he's given us all things. And to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, charity. Verse 8, for if these things be in you, and abound, they make you that you should neither be barren or unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. These are the things that you need. If these things are in you, but he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from all his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, ye shall never fail. We got to get our priorities straight on what things, what are all the things that we're concerned about. We get so caught up in all these things that don't matter cling to and grasp and hold to instead of releasing and saying, I want the things that you have for me. Because those are the things that bring hope. Those are the things that bring joy. Those are the things that bring peace. First Corinthians 1, 27, but God hath chosen the foolish things. I want some foolish things in my life. He's chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. All we want, we don't want foolish things and we don't want weak things that appear that way in the world. We want what the world says are powerful things. We want what the world thinks says are brilliant things. And we miss the God things because we're trying to fit into the things that the world says have value, the world holds at a high esteem. We need to be seeking after the things that God puts at a high esteem. And sometimes it looks foolish and sometimes it looks weak and base things of the world. Base things of the world. We need to flip the script. We need to be seeking after the things of God, no matter what the world thinks about those things. And things which are despised hath God chosen. Does anybody want some things that are despised? Hath God chosen, yea, and things which are not to bring to naught things that are. You can't even love it because it's not. You gotta love it because it's him and then it comes to be some of the things. Colossians 1.15, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have preeminence. Everything is nothing but a G thing. Everything that ever was is a God thing. He created all things. And he's got us. He's got all the things we need. All these things will be added unto you. When you seek first the kingdom things, You'll get all the other things. Seek the foolish things. Seek the weak things. Seek the, seek the despised things. John 1, 3, all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. Yeah. Yeah. Hebrews 1, 1, God who at sundry times in diverse manners spake in times past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his son, who hath he is appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world. He's the heir of all things, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had 
by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand. He made all things and he's upholding all things. He's got all the things. All the things are his. Galatians 4, a paraphrase, when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, that he might redeem those. Now we have the spirit of sonship, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And it goes on in verse uh, 9 to say, but now that you've come to know God, or rather to be known by God, how is it that you turn back to the weak and worthless elemental things? to which you desire to be enslaved all over again. How do you turn back to the weak and elemental things? Acts 13 says, everyone who believes is freed from all things from which you could not be freed through the law of Moses. Don't turn back to all those elemental things that you've been freed from. Matthew 7, 11, if ye then being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father which is in heaven give good things to them that ask? He gives good things and he makes all things work for good. He gives good things and if it ain't a good thing, he makes the bad thing a good thing. It ain't nothing but a good thing, baby. Everything is a good thing. If it ain't a good thing, he ain't done yet. He's making all things good. Because he made all things, he's upholding all things, he's working in all things, and he's working for your good. I love this, Luke twenty two thirty five, And he said unto them, when I sent you without a purse, he's talking to his disciples, he sent them out without a purse, without a script and shoes, lacked ye anything? King James, lacked ye anything? If students are wondering, it's anything, not anything. And they said, no think. We lacked no thing, even though we took no thing with us, we lacked no thing. He has all the things. We lack no thing. James 1, 4, and let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in no thing. Lacking in no thing. Because he has all the things. Matthew 17, 20, and he said unto them, because of the littleness of your faith, for truly I say to you, they're saying, why couldn't we do this? Why couldn't we do that? If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here, and it will move, and no thing will be impossible to you. No thing will be impossible to you. All the things are possible to you. Luke 1, 37, no thing will be impossible with God. Luke 10, 19 says, no thing will injure you. You can tread serpents and scorpions and over the power of all the enemy and no thing will injure you. John 15, five says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do no thing. You can't do anything without him because he is upholding all things. Job 5, 9 says he does great and unsearchable things, wonders without number. Psalm 8, 6, you make him to rule over the works of your hands, you have put all things under his feet. Somehow we get this thing twisted, we get, we, get, we get our focus off, we look at things we shouldn't be looking at. You know what you focus on magnifies. What you focus on magnifies. You gotta focus on the right things. 
I know there's a lot of notes already back there, guys, and you don't have this because I was just got more during worship. I was thinking during worship about um, Luke 7, when John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus. I watched this the other night in The Chosen. When John the Baptist sends his disciples to Jesus, John the Baptist is in prison. He's in prison. He doesn't know it yet, but he's about to get beheaded. That's bad things happening. Right? And so he sends his disciples. I mean, John the Baptist leapt in his mother's womb when he was near Jesus. This is a man, if anybody in the world knew Jesus, it should have been John the Baptist. They're cousins. He's the one that makes an announcement. Behold, the Lamb of God, slain from the foundation. He makes the announcement, the light of the world. And he sends his disciples to say, are you the Christ or should we look for another? And Jesus answers, Jesus actually, I, I preached this for you, you may remember it. Like, Jesus doesn't even answer, right? He just heals people. Hey, are you the Christ or should we look for another? Oh, his ears are open. Eyes are see, you know. Like, I don't know what you think. But when he does speak, he says, go your way and tell John what things you have seen and heard. How that the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, to the poor the gospel is preached. And blessed is he whoever shall not be offended in me. Takes us back to that first passage in everything. Let us not take an offense. Even through all those trials and all those tribulations because John's peripheral could not see what was going on. All he saw was bars. All he heard were threats. He couldn't see what was really going on. We need to have eyes to see what's really going on. He sent someone else to check and witness and to spot out and to ask a question. And Jesus said, go tell him all the things that you've seen. Go tell him all the things that you've seen. So then John, like Philippians 4.18, can whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, John got a good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. Go give John something else to think about while he's sitting in prison besides those bars. Tell him what's happening, what's really going on out here. Help him see past his current situation. Help him see past what's immediately in front of his face. Let him see the things of the kingdom and let him know it's not about the things of the world. It's not about your current position. It's not about your current situation. It's not about your current circumstance. We don't love the things of the world so you can take the things of the world, but give me Jesus and all those things and I know that he will give me all the things I need because yes, he's the one that created all things. And without him, nothing was created. And without him, I can do nothing. So what in the world would it profit me to gain all the things of the world? If I don't have the one who makes all the things. And if I have the one that makes all the things, why do I have need of anything else? Just give me Jesus. Just give me Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5, 18, in every thing, give thanks. In every thing, all the things, whatever the thing is, give thanks because it's a thing that he's working for your good. All the things. I saw somebody the other day, if anybody in here has posted this recently, it's not you. They don't go to church here, so... Don't think I'm preaching at you. But if you wrote what they wrote, I guess I am preaching at you too. But I'm not doing it with you in my mind. 
You've heard this. You've seen this. A couple of bad things happened. Things. Things happened. And this person said to me, I happen to know this person. I happen to know their lifestyle. I happen to know the things that God has blessed them with. And they said on social media, we just can't get a break. We just can't get a break. And I thought, in all things, give thanks. What in the world, when those type of things come out of our mouth, are we communicating to the one? Something's going on with my spouse. They've got an injury. They've got a problem. They've got a situation. Something's going on with my job. But we're both alive, but we can't get a break. you got a break because you're both still sucking wind. I know you made all things, but I don't like these things, and I don't have enough of the things I do like, so I just say, I can't even get a break. I can't get nothing. What you focus on magnifies. If all you focus on is the thing that's not happening the way that you think the thing should happen, then that's all you're going to see is that thing. And then what's going to happen is those things are going to magnify and all you're going to see is all the things that aren't happening the way that you want them to happen. But in the midst of things not happening the way you want things to happen, if you'll focus on the things that are happening the way that God intended them to happen, like John the Baptist, but what's really going on? Are blind eyes still being healed? Are deaf ears still being opened? Are the dead still being raised? Then the one who made all things is still working all things for my good. And it's bigger than this situation I'm in right now. This ain't nothing but a G thing, baby. Come on. I understand stuff happens. I'm not telling you to run around. Well, I guess I kind of am. Telling myself, run around, act like everything's pie in the sky all the time. No, I want you to run around and act like God is God all the time. I want you to run around and act like Jesus created all things and the one that created all things is making all things work for your good all the time. That's all. Even when there's a slight and momentary setback. Come on. Even when there's a slight and momentary setback. Y'all don't have this one either, guys. 2 Corinthians 4, 15... Yes, all things work for your enrichment. I'm getting enriched. So that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people. Remember, I seem poor, but I'm making more, more many rich. Resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. So it's no wonder we don't give up. It's no wonder we don't give up. It's no wonder I don't sit around and say I can't get a break. Because I'm getting too many breaks to count every single day. I got too many breaks before 9 a.m. that I couldn't list them off. I took the rest of the day. Come on. Seen people's car break down. They act like it's the end of the world. Just a stupid car. You didn't have a car before you got that car. Or you had a different car and then you'll have a different car again. It's just money. I spend it every day. It's no wonder we don't give up. See, we got to stop thinking like it's extreme to talk like I'm talking. And we got to start saying it's extreme to talk like a, a, a loser, a victim, a poverty mindset. That's extreme. How could I possibly continue in that any longer? What? It's no wonder I don't give up. It's no wonder I can't sit around. We used to go to the nursing home and we'd always say, don't be sitting around in the molly grubs. That's the word we would use. It's no wonder I can't get out of the molly grubs. The one who created all things is working all things it's a stacked deck we're not asking 
somebody who has no control of the things and don't know about the things to come and intervene with the things to try to make all the things work for our good. He's the one that made all the things. He can make all the things do whatever he wants all the things to do. And he can make us and he makes all the things work together for me. It's no wonder we don't give up. It's no wonder we don't give up. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, guess what? It's gonna wear out. Guess what? Cars are gonna break down. For even though our outer person gradually wears out, our inner being is be renewed every single day. We view our slight, short-lived troubles in the light of eternity. We see our difficulties as the substance that produces for us an eternal, weighty glory far beyond all comparison because we don't focus our attention on what is seen for what is seen is temporary, but the unseen realm is eternal. New American Standard Version says, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. If we're going to give thanks in all things, we got to give thanks in all things, right? If you're just looking at one thing right now, it's hard to give thanks. So you've got to take account of all the things. You got to be like John and send somebody out. Let me know some more things so that I can add them all up and then I can divide them all out and I can find out that there's much more to be thankful for than there is to complain about. And I can give thanks in all things. You're never supposed, I'm not asking you to give thanks in certain things. I'm asking you to give thanks in all things. That means you've got to keep a perspective that's taking into account all things that makes the short, slight-lived things seem like no comparison in the overwhelming all things. And then it gets a lot easier to give thanks. This would be a good time if I had time and if I had it in my notes, because I've done this before, but just the human body to look at what it takes every minute for you to still be sitting in that seat right now listening to me. How many millions of red blood cells had to be destroyed and how many millions of red blood cells had to be created. Am I right, Jonathan? Just in the hour and a half, two hours of this service, millions of things have happened in your body. Millions of things have happened in your body. You got some breaks in the last two hours so that you're able to walk out of here when I get done. I don't care what's facing you when you get out there. There's some things that have been happening in your favor. There's some things that have been working for your good just while you've been sitting here today that you can give thanks for in all things. For those in Romans 8, 5, for those who are who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who are according to the spirit, the things of the spirit. For the mindset on the flesh is death, but the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. Colossians 3, 1, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things on the earth. Second Corinthians 5, 17, some of you keep thinking about all the old things. Therefore, if anyone's in Christ, he's a new creature. The old things are passed away and behold, new things have come. There's some new things coming. Quit sitting around dwelling on the old things that have happened. Philippians 3, 13, Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to be app- have apprehended, but this one thing I do. What's the one thing he does? Forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's hard to go forward into the forward things when you're constantly dwelling on the past things. If you're going to think about things, think about what's so pure, holy, good report, and in the future. Because yes, yes, yes. you can't do anything about the things in the past. 
The only time I should think about the things in the past is to think back and give thanks on how he made all those things in my past work out for my good to bring me to the place I am today. Because there's no thing in my past that can discredit or discount my future so I can forget those things and I can think about the new things. 1 Corinthians 13, love. Verse 7, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Come on, the love of God bears all things. We go back to the very beginning, the first verse, nothing can separate us, no thing can separate us because... All the things come under love, and love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. So you can take all things, and they're working for your good. Stand up with me this morning, prayer team, will you come? I'd like to put this banner on the stage again. I want to be faithful every service to welcome folks home. If you want the God things, if you want the God things in your life, if you're tired of the old things, if you're tired of living the old way, if you're tired of not responding to him, the one that created all things, and you want to respond to him today, and you want him to make all things new in your life, Wash away all the old things by your blood. Wash away all the old things I've done, all the old sins I've committed. Wash me clean. Make me new. Let me be raised with you in the likeness of your resurrection and new life. Just come and give yourself to him today. Welcome home. Just come to this banner. There's some folks that'll be praying with you. If anybody else needs prayer this morning, we'll just open up the altars as we dismiss you. If you want prayer, Listen, maybe you just need help today. Maybe you just need the Spirit of God to open your eyes today so that you can see all things. Maybe you need a perspective shift. Maybe you find yourself constantly having tunnel vision and there's no light there. You need the blinds pulled back. You need the veil torn. You need a way that you can see what's really going on. We'll pray with you today. Lord, open our eyes. Let us see what's really going on. If John the Baptist was the greatest that ever lived until the kingdom of God came through Jesus, then he wondered and he doubted and he was offended with God, then all of us can get tunnel vision and only focus on all the bad things. And I'm just asking him today, give us a proper perspective. Open our eyes to your hand that's at work. Open our eyes to the things that you're doing in our life. We want to pray and agree with you today. The altar's open. Come up, have prayer. If you want to come home, if you want to surrender your life to Him today, if you want to become a son, become a daughter, take advantage of the new thing that He came to do through Jesus, this appointed time of salvation and favor, then come today. We love you. The rest of you, you're dismissed. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Redemption Life Church. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Redemption Life Church.